Welcome to The Rose Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. And South Africa. My brings people together, it breaks down barriers. Yeah, right, my passion, winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive Selfish for. Selfish role is high Passion. Great. Life. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate gold. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another banging episode of The Row Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me... Jake Green, welcome. And uh, today, we're going to be going over the racing over the weekend. And yeah, shit, what a, what a good weekend of racing. Um, the first World Cup of the season, of the Olympiad. And yeah, I think uh, it's a very good uh, starting point or for the rest of the season. We'll go through a lot of talking points here, um, but just to get through maybe a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, thanks to all our supporters out there on for the Row Show. You guys are the best. And special shout-out goes out to our Patreons. Um, those f- that are interested, go have a look at Patreon and, and check it out. But besides that, share the show. Um, and yeah, we, we love the support out there. It, it, means, it means the most. Lawrence? Yeah. Well, sure, Jake. Um, that was pretty. I mean, the the regatta madness episodes are always great. You know, when we when we have lots of racing, we always uh, like to analyze it, look at the data, look at the numbers. Uh, it's not quite our usual format, but it's always a cool part of the show, and I think uh, at least the the people that message in appreciate it. So, yeah, if you have any uh, complaints or objections to any of our um, our statements or observations you're welcome to to message in um i think the the whatsapp number is on the show notes below or you can drop us a message on instagram as well and yeah we love to hear your your thoughts and jake let's get into this racing this weekend well first of all it was really awesome to have racing on i mean i think we all i know we had a lot of racing last year building up to the games we had the games but i still feel like we've been we're still catching up in the from the COVID deficit of of racing, so it was just nice to to have the racing on again over the weekend and just being able to sit and watch it and appreciate it. And I think for first World Cup, it was pretty well represented. I think there were some really good races and really quality crews out there. Although we definitely miss the the continental uh, countries, you know, we really miss. I think the big ones, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Zealand Canada, Canada yeah, ones. America. It was you could notice it, especially in the big boats in the eights. I think there was just really, you know, it's it's really hard to watch the eight when you're missing the the, you know, the big dogs. Yeah, and I think especially when you know on the women's side, uh, the Olympic final last year in the women's eight, there was only one European crew in the A final. That was Romania, and then obviously on the men's side we have New Zealand, who are the now newly crowned kings of the the men's eight. Um, but besides that, new generation of rowers out there in the World Cup. And just before we get right into it, I think it's also important to note that, you know, yesterday, uh, over the weekend, we also had um, our own South African National Championship. Oh, yeah, I was so going to bring it up. Yeah, we'll chat about that now. But also, it's going to be interesting because I'm sure we might have missed something because while the racing was going on, Lawrence and I were both actually racing too. I so was not. I was having a casual paddle out there on the water with Jake was having uh Jake was having the the big racing I got conned into getting back in the boat by uh, some old mates and oh it was not too bad 
bit rusty. <laughs> Definitely feel like I haven't done the training, and it's amazing how quickly you you lose the the fitness and the like that top tier of speed. Yeah, I still feel like I got the basic skills and the the strength and the the like you know once the race starts, I can go through the pain no problems. But the this fine uh, skills and the fine muscles and just like really being able to to execute that a little bit more just evaporates very quickly when you stop training. Yeah, I know. But besides that, your your four still a, it's a serious pedigree four because you had Lawrence and Sean Keeling, so silver medalist in the pair from Rio. Plus you had John Smith, gold medalist, and then rounding it up you have Devin Miller, mm. and Dev's a good friend of ours, also involved in the rowing community. Yeah, we were just doing Dev. It actually was. Just doing Devin a favor because he said it was his <laughs> lifetime dream <laughs> to row in a uh, pool with Olympic athletes. I, so jo- I joked with Dev. I said to him, he can't look at the, he can't he can only look at the four with one eye because he doesn't have Olympic medal. Nice, <laughs> 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 oh, no, yeah. um, but yeah. So that was cool from my side. And your racing, Jake. I mean, you yeah. clean sweep, clean hey? sweep. Had a really good regatta. Won the men's pair, the men's four, and the men's eight. So that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been it was pretty it was pretty good. Like uh, I've I've won the men's pair before in twenty fourteen. Uh since then I haven't won it. And then men's four I don't know actually. I don't think I've I have won the I think I have won the men's four, but I can't remember the last time I did. Okay. So So yeah, no, that was a big it's weekend. Very, it's for a you. very big weekend. It's and was it nice weekend. being back in the in the crew boats back in the in the sweep? Yeah, so it was my first regatta back in the in the sweep team. Uh a couple I've spent about two, three weeks now back in the sweep team. So, you know, it's new combinations, a lot of guys I've actually never rode with before. So it was a very exciting weekend. And yeah, I mean we we had our we had our hands full obviously racing here in South Africa. Plus we had the first World Cup going on, mm. so it was actually quite a nice little parallel to have the two because it's always yeah. nice to you know you're racing on the same day, you're always looking at the World Cup results. You're trying to look into those as much as you can. And then Jake was racing in the in the pair with uh, James Mitchell, who raced in the under twenty three pair with my youngest brother. So they won gold in twenty eighteen. Yeah. So yeah. The, all bad. the young bucks starting to to show their speed. Yeah, all the young bucks st- starting to starting to show their speed. Very cool. But Jake, let's get back to the the World Cup racing, the the racing that everyone wants to to hear about. And the numbers, Lawrence. The numbers. Let's bring up the spreadsheet. So six new world records this season. If you if you're new to the show, then we usually break down the the racing over the weekend. We put it. We'll put it all the data into a big spreadsheet where we compare uh, every race to the world re- world best time which allows us to look at a percentage uh, of how fast crews are racing and then you know then we can break it down on who rode the highest percentage which events had the biggest drop-offs uh, which time of day were there the times the the best and you know kind of get a much better feel of the the tightness of the racing and the quality of the racing coming down the track and then we'll also share that with our patreon so if you want to have access to the data to that spreadsheet then uh, you're welcome to to go across to patreon and have a look and yeah we'll send it to you there so yeah hopefully see a few of you listeners out there but jake who was number one number one in the sheet was the women's double coming in with a 97.69 percent and that was the the netherlands crew that won on the weekend with a 646 uh 69 um, and there was actually quite a tight grouping at the top of the field. There wasn't like a big outlier. Mm. 
Um, and I think one big thing we've already seen into effect is that the lightweight women's double record has really, I think, balanced things out a bit. Because if we if we took the lightweight women's double, which was third on the sheet, and they got a 97-15%, if we use their old record, they'll be way out in front. So it's it's interesting because the nice thing about these numbers is that you can kind of gauge you know, what records are kind of faster, what records are slower, and it's kind of like brought the whole field in mm. a bit. So, yeah, but yeah, women's double coming out on, t- on top this weekend. So, I mean, I think the doubles, we, we in the hype train that build up to the regatta, we, we said the doubles were going to be big races, the men's double. We knew the Croatians were going to come there with the, the purpose, and there was a lot of big names in the, in the doubles. So we kind of expected them to be fast. I would say a huge outlier for me was the men's pair, how fast they were. They are not... Um, even when the Sinkoviches were, were racing in the pair, they weren't mm. often at the top of the, the sheet and uh, boxing near the near the top. So for the men's pairs to be going under 620, you know, that's starting to, to get quite fast. It doesn't happen all the time. And only those top, top crews are, are going under 620. So to for them to be fourth on the list, 97%. Must say, that's, that's pretty, very impressive. pretty good. And also very promising for the, the rest of the kind of season and, and what it uh, what it holds for us. And I also thought what was interesting about the men's pair event, Lawrence, is that the field on the men's pair was actually really close, which was interesting because also when you see, I usually find sometimes when you have the super fast events, there can be a big gap between, you know, first and six. But in the men's pair, there was only five seconds from the GB crew that won um, all the way down to... Uh, I don't know who came sixth in the final, but the GB three, GB GB three. So I mean, it it was a it was a very close spread, which was really cool to see. And and actually, the racing, um, yeah, five seconds, five seconds close, six nineteen to six twenty four. And they're all bad. fast times, actually. Yeah. If you think about it, yeah, they're all fast times. Um, no, it was, it was a really cool race. Cool and I think I so I think watching the uh, the men's pair going back to the just the racing is. I think that we we in for some really cool racing in the men's pair because I'm sure that there will be New Zealanders, Australians um, joining the joining the fray, the Canadians possibly. So I think that that event is really gonna gonna get uh, pretty good this year. And the Serbians, I think that the Serbians looked a little stiff through the middle of the race. So I think that if they can just um, find their their groove a little bit, I think they're going to be way up there with the the British. And to have three British. Cr- Cruise in that That's in that big. race going that fast, I think that we we're going to see some big stuff That's from the the British going forward because they obviously now will go into a pair and into a four between those six athletes. I assume. Yeah. So what I've heard uh, from the sources here mm. on the road show. Yeah. <laughs> so what I've heard is that uh, Thomas George and Oliver Win Griffith that were in the GB pair that won, they still have uh, varsity commitments, so they're going to stay in the pair. The season to um, to honor those vast commitments, but they didn't win the British trials. No, though. they didn't win the British trials. Uh, the pair with Joshua Bugarski and Matthew Aldridge were the winners okay. of the GB trials. So, yeah, interesting. And also, Oli Win Griffith was a stroke sider, not oh, a bow sider. And it changed over. So he's had to change over. So that's might that might be an element as well. And like you know, we'll see. Obviously. Well, it didn't look like it was affecting him too much because yeah. I actually thought they looked really good as well. Yeah. Rowing really nicely. No, I thought they did too. I mean, they're both experienced athletes. They're both Olympic medalists. They got the bronze medal in the men's eight. 
um, you know, they, they had a good time in their career to, you know, take a, a strong position in the field. So it's going to be interesting what happens in the men's pair event because obviously it's quite open with the creations moving over into the double. Um, but yeah, I mean, the men's, the men's four also, the GB4 did pretty well this weekend. Not as fast though. They didn't have the best time. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the, 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 the other two GB pairs. Yeah, on the, on the times... So looking at the, the time of the day and the, the percentages, the races that were early on around 11 and early 12 we looked much faster than the later in the day. So I think obviously that headwind started to pick up through the middle of the day. And then, you know, then there was that break. So obviously the weather was, was picking up quite, quite badly at that point. And then that to, to postpone the racing a little bit. And then, I think things went uh, downhill from there because like we got the top performers, uh, top four uh, events going over ninety seven percent. You got a few crews coming in, uh, a few events coming in ninety six, ninety six, ninety five, and then the drop off goes all the way down to to ninety two, which is quite a big spread. We don't usually see, you know, that's more than five percent. That's a huge spread. Yeah. And what what's interesting with this? I'm gonna make a a call here. Ready at first World cup. <laughs> The GB men's eight is really fast because, okay, this the reason I'm saying this is because they raced the slowest part of the day and yeah. their percentage in relation to the other crews that were racing that part of the day is ridiculously fast. So they raced a quarter to three and they got a 95.59%. Mm. And that's just, that's within half a percent of the crews that were racing earlier. Um, and like if you take, for example... The the event that happened before them. What event came before? Yeah. Um, what are you looking at? The men's eight ninety. F- uh, so four forty two forty five, and then go. That no, they were the first ones at the end of the break. Oh, I see. But still, I think that that was a big crew, and and also, the the GB men's eight that won, they put eight seconds into, uh, into the next crew. That's ridiculous. Yeah, in the men's eight. Yeah, that is a huge, a huge margin. I mean, the Dutch, the Dutch. That's the eight. biggest winning margin. That's of the, the biggest. Day. That's the biggest mi- winning margin of the day is eight seconds, and you know that's. I think G- the GB program is going on the men's sweep side at least. Well, actually, the whole program in general is going home mm. with, with a very, very chuffed and proud of the performance of the first yeah. World Cup because it's very promising. I think they were just, uh, you know, they were really lucky to get uh, Christian Falkel back. I think because he was off to to Germany and then decided no that uh, he wanted to to stay with the the British and give them another crack. So I think he was doing work with the four and the pair. So I think uh, and he's an absolute legend. He used to coach the the South African team back up till two thousand and eight. So you know he has uh, the our first Olympic medal back in two thousand and four in the men's pair for South Africa. So yeah, he's uh, got uh, got the Big skills name. and I think he's done a lot. For for GB rowing over the last few years, I think the slowest crews were like looking at the time of day and the the overall result were the fours. I think they were like the weakest um, entries of the of the weekend. And then the women's eight, although the Netherlands were still pretty decent though. Mm. So I think when uh, but it's so hard to tell because as you say, there's just so many crews missing from these big events that it's just kind of you're not really sure where you can where you can put it because you don't have like a benchmark yeah to go off you, you can you can definitely see that and also like the crews that were at high up the sheet a lot of the crews 
um, the the the, cru- the established crews, the crews that raced at the Olympics, the names we recognize, those those are all involved in the, the higher upper end of the sheet. And a lot of the uh, the events are racing lower down where were the crews where we saw younger athletes, um, and you know the bigger events that are missing the mm. you know the co- the continental effect. There weren't that many uh, Olympic medalists racing though, hey. Well, they were spread out here and there. They were spread out. Yeah. Not like a, it wasn't like a ton of them though. No. So, Jake, okay, so we, we're bouncing around a little bit. I'm sure the listeners are getting r- r- rather confused with, with how we're jumping around. So, let's narrow it down. For you, what is your race of the day? Um, um, I, I would have to say the, 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 the men's double was the race of the day. There, there are a couple races I, I really enjoyed watching, which I thought was spectacular. But there was the men's double was definitely the race of the day. Yeah, for sure. The race, uh, I want to say the men's double because also I just enjoyed watching the Sinkovichs win the double so much. And also I really thought they were going to lose it, you know, when the, the Polish the put Polish, that big That's big why move I thought up. it was amazing. They were, it was so cool because they were going down, and then the huge sprint at the end to to come back on the on the Polish to take it was it was incredible. It was impressive. They got skills. Yeah, they probably thought I can. I was like looking at them racing, and I was like, "Fuck!" They probably thought like, "Oh yeah, we're back in the double." You know, we had a chat with the Sinkovichs, and they were like, "Get to the last two fifty and they're like, "Oh my god, what are, what are we in here? We're even gonna have to go max." <laughs> even in their post race interview, they were like, "Wow, we had to pull out all the stops." So I basically. think, yeah, I I think the men's double is gonna be spectacular because the Polish crew. Yeah, we straight away we know Poland and uh, Croatia are gonna be really fast. We haven't seen the French double, the Olympic champions, mm. and. The What's Dutch also will the get Dutch. there. They they got to get back in there. There's some something happening. Something injury funky happening something. here. On the I don't know what's happening, but there's something funky happening in the the du- Dutch men's sculling system because there was a Dutch crew in the final, but it was it wasn't the Dutch crew that raced at the uh, Olympics last year that got the the silver silver medal. Yeah, Steph Bronick didn't make it through. New partner from the men's four, also Olympic champion. Men's quad. Olympic I mean, men's champion. quad. And then didn't make it through in the semifinal. Yeah, I, I looked at there when I was following the heats. They messed up their heat. and uh, I think they were leading to the 1500. And the two crews that were chasing them got caught in a sprint. And they got dragged into the sprint. And they came out uh, missing the, the qualification spot and got sent to the rep. And then? Well, you did you go to the rep? That means you have to do one extra race on top of everyone else. Yeah, I suppose. That's yeah, and I suppose when it's so close already, it's so close. It's it's yeah. one weekend. You have to do two races on the Friday, and because of the heat, they had to go ballistic in the heat, and they didn't make it. So that's the thing. If you go ballistic in the heat and you don't make it, and you have to race yes. the rep. And go ballistic damage. and go ballistic again in the semi. Big damage. Oh, you're right, Jake. That was a, a good point. Okay, but then the other race of the day for me, like the one that was pretty close, is women's quad. Mm, because the race of it was such a cool race. There were the lead changed multiple times. First of all, Ukraine racing was awesome to have them there. I mean, 
you know, with all the the drama happening and the war going on, you know, it's for it's for us to see the Ukrainian crews and coming it was down the track. Quite a big, is very the, cool. Overall, there were a lot of Ukrainian crews actually yeah. at the Sugata, which is awesome. So I wonder. I think that they've been training in Italy, in Salvadia, and been staying there. Yeah, um, I'd, well, I you know going. This is Lawrence's knowledge. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but I I know a lot of crews train. They were Salvadia. They were early in the in the season, and I can't imagine where if they. I mean, they're not haven't gone home. Home, I'm sure. Mm. But it must be tough for them. No, it must be ridiculously hard. It must be ridiculously. So hard. anyway, so really cool to see them, and then the they took the race on full time through the middle of the race, went into the lead. And uh, then the Chinese Olympic champions coming back in, taking the lead. And then the Dutch coming with a huge sprint, which they did in the in the semi as well. Mm. Or in the, I think it was, a, was it a race for lanes or it was a, a, it was a preliminary. It was, yeah, it was a yeah. preliminary race. So, so yeah, yeah. It was, so that was for me, was my runner up for race of the day. And I think the Dutch women's sculling team at the moment is on ridiculous form because the women's single, Dutch, mm. crew one. Women's double, Dutch, crew one. Women's quad, Dutch, crew one. Yeah, I mean, the Dutch have won two, three, four, four, um, four, four golds from the Shugata. Oh, and but the GB also, GB, oh, GB have won two, three, four, f- six golds yeah. from the Shugata. But yes. But the Dutch often are very good in the beginning of the season. We saw this in, I remember actually in 2019, the first World Cup, 2018, the first World Cup. There was like women's and men's fours. There were like everyone that, the the whole podium was filled with Dutch crews. But we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of uh, class athletes there. So I can't imagine that they're going to be going too far away. And also, like beating the Olympic champions in the women's quad, and, and like the, I feel like the Chinese women's quad was was quite dominant last year at the Olympic yeah. Games. So um, that's that's quite big. So yeah, it's it's you know that's it's really it's really interesting to result, especially when you have Olympic medalists racing. It always it's always nice because it it creates a benchmark where other crews can gauge mm. what no, definitely. what the standard is going forward. So okay, so if that was those we're talking about the races of the day where it was tight it was exciting lead changed and if you're gonna if you didn't watch the racing those are the races you should go back and watch but if you had to pick one standout performance from a crew what crew are you choosing oh Lawrence just put me on the spot come um, on Jake you know the the categories we, we discuss yeah standout performance of the day do you want me to go no I've got a crew I've got a name Men's single skull? No, you can't choose my No, one. dude, no. you asked me. You asked me. But it's not Oli Zeidler. It's, <laughs> Malv- it's Malvin Tweller who no got the way. silver. How can you choose why Malvin? Would you choose, why would you choose Oli Zeidler as, as standout performance of the day? Because he smashed it. No, dude, dude you're just a fanboy. I am a fanboy. I am a fanboy, but he smashed it. Dude, he came out the blocks in the, in the heat he had... Let uh, Melvin like lead him for a long way. Then he was just destroyed it. Ridiculously fast first 500. Unusual for Ali. Up <laughs> by miles through the middle of the race. And <laughs> then just cantering home at the end. All under control. No, I thought I thought Melvin because he was he was the first um uh, first time entry into the the men's single skulls. He's a silver medalist from the men's double last year, 
and he's he put out a flipping fantastic race there with the big mm. sprint at the end. And the reason why it's a standout performance is because it's a debutant scholar. Well, maybe he's not a debutant scholar, but I haven't you know I haven't seen him racing the mm. skull before. This is the first time I s- saw him race, and he he. No, not only did he get silver medal, but you could see he gave it everything, like all the way through the line, and you can see why he's an Olympic silver. Yeah, it was pretty double. cool that he was that he was and he got giving stick at yeah, the end. Yeah, he and gave he was a stick, huge sprint at the end. Like it's always hard to tell how much pressure Oli Zeidler felt he was under. I I think quite a fair amount. Hey, I don't think like it's tough to say. I don't. Th- he didn't have to like go all out in the sprint there, no. but he 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 d- he did do a lot of work in the middle of the race. Yeah. I just think it was really cool. I mean, Oli blitz out the blocks. Up at 48, he was the highest rating athlete out the, out the start, which is just very cool. And then, yeah, and then just showing that he's, he's here for business and he's here for, for the cycle. Yeah, and then I thought another standout uh, performance of the day was also on the other, the other on the women's section of the single skulls, funny enough, was the, uh, the Dutch women's skuller who won the women's skulls event comfortably with a eight second margin, which was um, again, it was like very impressive, and it's also the first time that uh, I've seen the skuller racing before. So, you know, it's not. I think you know if you're racing the skull for the first time, and the skuller was Carolyn Florin. She she came away with the win racing. It's quite big competition. I think the women's skull is one area that's gonna I feel like it's gonna be a big change. Magdalena Lobnik unfortunately pulled out this uh, event because of an injury. Um, and we're missing all the Olympic uh, medalists. And there's a lot of changeover. So, yeah, I think winning winning the women's single by eight seconds is a big, uh, is quite a big achievement. And I think it's probably going to be a name to watch out for. And I don't know what they're going to, what the Dutch women are going to do with the sculling team because, you know, <sighs> I feel like the boats can change so much going forward. But, this has been an absolutely stellar performance from the the women's sculling team. So it's going to be interesting what happens going forward. And I also feel like that this first World Cup is always a bit odd because you you're missing a lot of crews. There's not the best turnout. I think this one was really good, but they you know you always you just kind of only have a piece of the puzzle. So we're only really going to see what happens and w- how fast uh, some of these athletes are going into that World Cup two, World Cup three. You know when we see them race at Lucerne. Then we'll see it, but I think that you know at least we're now getting uh, part of the the picture, the f- the first few puzzle pieces going in, seeing where and who's going to be going to be really quick um, into the next cycle. I think a few other um, notable mentions was the Ilza Paulus being on the show, uh, stroke the the lightweight women's double from the Dutch, her sister racing in the stroke seat of the Netherlands women's quad that won, really really cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think um, hopefully we see them stay stay up there and stay in the front, and maybe someone else to to get on the show. And then, yeah, Jake, I'm super. It was just so cool to watch racing, and then also I think that it's just a good start to the season, and there's going to yeah. be a lot more still to come. What what I was actually chuffed to see as well was like, I feel like the Chinese the Chinese Rowing Federation is they seem like they're slowly building momentum. And like I'm starting to see more and more and more crews like racing in A finals, becoming more and more competitive, which is what I expect to see if I'm being honest. Because you know Chinese, the oh, Chinese yeah. rowing is humongous, and we actually have a um, like a 
a, a biokinetist that works for the South African rowing team and she spent a couple of years in China and I was just asking about her experiences there and it just sounds massive. She said the national the national championships in China is humongous. So I'm not surprised, you know, that they they're sending huge teams out here. But like I expect them to be really mm. up there. And I thought what was interesting was in the men's four, China um, China had a pretty good men's four, which is something I haven't seen in uh, in a long time. If I've ever, yeah, because I would if say China's ever had a, a they, fast men's four. Where they really struggle is heavyweight men. You know, they can sometimes do the scholars and the double, but the the men's sweep, they yeah, they I haven't had a fast crew for ages. For ages. So, yeah, it was interesting to see. They, you know, they were there were just a lot of Chinese crews. I thought in in a lot of the A finals, it was a huge team. That China mm. sent. They had two mm. women's aides. That's ridiculous. Um, no, that is quite wild. Massive, massive, massive team. The the other thing that I really enjoyed from this regatta was the post race interviews, and then so they did them. They obviously interviewed everyone at the end of the show, and then they posted it up. And I haven't seen that before. Maybe it's because I'm usually racing, mm. um, and I still want to see it live. I think the the yeah, end goal off the, is off the water. They are. I mean, that is what's no, happening. But, yeah, but they, I, those people, good, those athletes are toast. They no, like they're sitting toast. there getting the questions asked, and they some of them can't even breathe. Can't even. You can see they can't even think straight. Yeah, I think you know if you look at other other sports, like uh, you know, I like watching uh, the UFC, and they interview interview those fighters straight after they've just gotten into a flipping martial art fight for yeah. a couple rounds and Oaks have got black eyes and everything and they're busy giving a post-match interview. Uh, same with football or rugby. It's straight, it's after. straight after the game. The coach is on the, on the thing having a chat. The, the, you know, the play of the match is getting an interview. Formula One, park the car, get out the car, interview straight away. So that's what we want to see and I think you know, we, we, they're starting to obviously experiment with it. So hopefully we get it. We get it live. Mm. On Martin Cross there, on the jetty. Just wham, wham in, the in the face. So <laughs> tell us, what is the pain like of yeah, this race? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be very cool. So, um, yeah, I think the, the language barrier is, is tricky, but I'm sure that's something that they can they can work around. Yeah. And then the, the last thing, Lawrence, that I thought was quite interesting, there was, we did mention in the, the hype train, the, the selection Mm-hmm. The selection battles happening this weekend. We've spoken a bit, you know, a bit about the crews that have been in it. The last thing that I thought was really interesting is the, the in the in the skulls event there were three GB skullers. Okay, uh, you had Graham Tho- um, Graham Thomas and John Collins who were in the GB double that came fourth at the Olympics last year. They were in the skulls, and they were racing with another young sculler from GB called Callum Dixon. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was interesting is that Graham uh, came out the best. He he raced in the A final, and then Callum also made the A final. But jo- John just missed out, and he raced. He won the B final. So that's also interesting because you know, you know, selections happening. It's gonna be cool to see yeah. what happens with the GB. And I definitely double. think this is there's a lot of changes that are, will come in the. By the time we 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 hit the the next World Cup, where there's, there's not going to be the same crews racing again, and um, I think we're going to see a lot of changes coming up. Yeah, and I especially with the big teams. I know the the big teams get they will use these World Cups because mm. they can they can afford to do it. They use these World Cups as as tools to yeah. select crews. For sure. So yeah, I think that's a wrap for us, Jake. Until we we gotta we gotta watch more racing to to see what's what's what. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. 
Um, let us know if you have any complaints. You can send them straight to Jake. Um, I won't take them quite as well. Yeah, well whose WhatsApp number, by the way, is on the... It's mine. Is that yours? Yeah. Okay. Personal number. Personal number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Just out there on the Just internet. Just out there on the internet. This guy's brave. In other news, I get a lot of spam calling. <laughs> But um, no, luckily, I have some call ID and just block. Block, yeah. The, um, okay, and yeah. If you so, if you have any any complaints, you can can hit us up with a message there or on the Instagram. Or if you're really brave, you can go join the the Patreon, and we can put you on the WhatsApp group, where there's plenty of discussion about the the racing all the time, and it's really awesome. That's where the the uh, results and the the data will get posted. So yeah, if you wanna you wanna see that, you can head over there. Otherwise, enjoy your day, and we look forward to having you listening again to the show. And on to World Cup number two, Jake. Awesome! I can't wait for it. Where is it? What World Cup two? Lawrence, dude, don't do this to me. Come on, Jake, the numbers guy of the show. You're supposed to have these things. These are the dates. These are the. This is the location. Uh. <laughs> So glad I put you on the spot. I don't know. Where's the, where's the second World Cup, Lawrence? Oh, I don't know, Jake. You trash, dude. <laughs> Why would I ask you? I've I've saved it my calendar and I can't see it on my calendar, so I'm, I'm hacked. It's coming up though. I just know in July we're going to Lucerne. Yeah, the third World Cup is Lucerne. Lucerne. That's the that's the real one. That's the one that matters. That's the one that matters. Okay. Anyway, guys. Thanks for thanks for the show. Have a lovely week and until next time, we're out. Ciao.